how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to episode 400 with Tim Roth. Before we jump in, I want to talk a little about our upcoming writing challenge that starts in just a few days. It's a 30-day challenge that starts at the beginning of next month. Anyone who signs up for this free challenge gets a digital download and audiobook version of my first book, Ink by the Barrel, which was inspired by the interviews here at Creative Principles. Then, every day for 30 days, participants will receive a short motivational video, which will include a lesson from the book and a video clip from these interviews, including people like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jim Gaffigan, Leslie Patterson, and Diallo Riddle. You can find that at scriptmastermind.com challenge. That's scriptmastermind.com challenge. You know Tim Roth from Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Lie to Me, and now the new movie Punch. Fascinated by Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot, Tim Roth and a friend auditioned for Dracula Spectacula in high school. Despite being terribly nervous during his first performance, he fell in love with the pursuit of acting. He starred in over 100 films and shows. His latest movie, Punch, from writer-director Welby Ings, follows a young man preparing for his first professional fight as he starts to rethink his life after tangling with a gay Maori boy who lives in a shack by the beach. In this interview, Roth talks about staging a performance in character at an early age, films for love versus films for money, why people forget about gentle characters, and what inspired him about the movie Punch. I was at high school in a, in a pretty rough school, I should say. And um, me and a friend got... Just, I, I'll try not to take it too long, but me and a mate were fascinated by Samuel Beckett and we, we were waiting for Godot. And so we would just, I don't know why, we just would be those characters at school uh, from that uh, play and just be deeply annoying. And one of the things that we thought would be hilarious, we went along and auditioned for a school play as a joke and it, utterly backfired and the woman there um said you're all right you've got it and i was fucked excuse <laughs> my language so i had to do it and it was a musical called dracula spectacular <laughs> we had to do it three times in front of the school which means all of the bullies were in and i was a, i was the bullied not the not the bully i was always the one that was getting beaten up so I had to do it, and I did it. I actually wet myself on stage the first time I went out. Um, I was utterly terrified, and then I loved it. Mm. So the woman who, who said, you know, come here, you, you're doing this, was this extraordinary, and she's still around, this extraordinary life-changing woman. So she said, okay, I didn't know what auditions were. I didn't know where you would go. I didn't know. She, she found me community theatres that were local to me where I could actually do plays. And I would go after school to, to them, um, you know, and over the weekend. And we, I, we, it was an extraordinary time. In the meantime, I went off to art school, one of the best art schools in Britain, actually, in the, in the world. And 
did I did that for a year and a half, but my, I was already hooked. So I, I, they came to me and they, 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 took, they said, you, you should, you're taking the piss. You should, you know, go off and see if you can be an actor and then come back. We'll kick it open for you if it doesn't work out. So I got a job setting advertising over the phone and then I got a, a flat tire on a bicycle, went to one of these community theatres to get a pump and they told me about this audition for this Nazi skinhead film that was going to be uh, on television, which would never be on television now. And I went along and I met with the director, Alan Clark, and I had to do three auditions. I didn't even know what, what, the, what those meetings were about, but I had to do three auditions. I had to meet. He said, all right, come back. You can meet with the writer as well. I did that. And then, okay, come back. The producers are going to be there. And I, and I staged a thing. So I knew their office was overlooking this little park, so I, I got there an hour early. Um, and they said, no, no, you've got to come back at 12 or whatever. And I said, oh, it's okay. I'll wait in the park across the road. And I knew they'd be watching me out the window. So I went into character. And that's what got me the job. And I told them that. And they went, because they said to me, you know how you got this job? I said, yeah, you were watching me out the window. They went, you bastards. <laughs> so I was in. And then from there, Alan Clark got me a job with Mike Lee. And I did that. Um, which ended up being quite the lead role in, in a film called Meantime. And from that, Joe, and from the skinhead, Nazi skinhead thing, Joe Strummer from The Clash was going to do a movie with Stephen Frears. And he said, I can't do it, I've got trouble with the band. And he said, get that skinhead in. And I got that. I got a, th- a film called The Hit with John Hurt. So I did three jobs, one after the other, and that was my education. That was how I became an actor, a film actor. And I wanted to be a film actor. Did you, at that point, did you see it as a career or were you st- or was it still years of struggle? What was kind of like, when did it feel like it was for sure? Um, I didn't think of it in those terms. I didn't think of anything. In it. I just thought it was just this amazing thing to, that you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I, you know, I, I got an agent. I, I didn't even know what they were at the beginning, you know, because of this Nazi thing that I did. I say that is an extraordinary um, little film. Of course, a shitstorm in Britain, and so I, I actually the the idea of, of of thinking of something that I thought was in an artistic kind of you know in my pretentiousness, an artistic involvement as a career didn't make sense. I I never I never understood why you would. think of it as such now I do of course years down the line because I I, you know I'd worked in a supermarket I'd worked selling advertising over the phone to people who couldn't afford it and didn't need it and I worked in a pharmacy washing bottles in the back room and those were the jobs that I'd had Mm -hmm. Um, I but I found myself getting paid for something that I absolutely loved I thought that was absurd but I utterly utterly enjoyed so i just kept doing it as you know i kept trying to do it and they kept giving it to me to do you know there were times huge struggles financially no money squatting doing all that stuff but it was amazing Uh, and so here i am you seem to have a a pretty diverse career were you ever somewhat bottleneck with the, the the success of all the tarantino films were you ever kind of forced into a certain like character type Oh, oh no! 
people it's no like doing the bad guy or whatever not really i never cared about what people said about me in that in that way um what do people say it's it, the gen uh, the gentle characters are quite often the ones that people forget yeah. um there was a film that I did. Oh, this film that I did, that I did called Broken um, in England. Um, again, first time director, very gentle role, but had some echoes of To Kill a Mockingbird. And they asked me to play the Boo Radley part, which is that was I knew going to be the most memorable part. Yeah. And and I said no, I want to I want I want to play I want to do Gregory Peck. I want to have a moment like that. Just <laughs> take a moment like that. And uh, and they said okay, they were surprised, but I thought it was a lovely thing to do, and I wanted to experience that. So I try and and mix it up as much as possible. Here at Creative Principles, the focus has always been productivity and creativity. How do you combine those two things? Something we never really get into on this show, or perhaps just touch on a surface level, is nootropics. Personally, I've tried a little bit of everything, vitamin stacking, adjusting my environment, exercise, but some days will just lack something. So I've been trying this product called Magic Mind, which is sort of like a single green shot or a nootropic with lion's mane and some other functional mushrooms built in. I've heard other podcast hosts mention it, and it does seem to provide a little bit of extra clarity especially if I'm eating right and exercising. But it's definitely a force multiplier, so I reached out to Magic Mind, and they're offering a 20% discount on the product. The discount code for this is PLAYPEN20, P-L-A-Y-P-E-N-2-0, and that's magicmind.co playpen. That's magicmind.co slash playpen. All right, back to the show. You know, there are certain films that you have to do, certain things that you have to do to, you know, keep the roof on, pay the, pay the rent, get the kids through school so they don't have student debt all of those things i managed to do mm. um and, and as a consequence there are films that i've done that i maybe wouldn't want to wouldn't have wanted to do but had some of the nicest times i've ever had on set with those things so it's a complete mess um i guess it's a career but i <laughs> it's complete it's a chaos that I absolutely love, you know. It's a, it certainly is a fantastic job to have, so I'll take it as long as they give it to me, yeah. What, um, what inspired you to take this role of Stan for Punch? Um, I, I, I recognized in, the, in the, the character that they were asking me to uh, play, I recognized the elements of my father. You know, he was an alcoholic and he, he had seen terrible things as a child during the war, fighting in the war. He was 17 when he signed up and he went off to do that. Um, and, and so I recognized elements uh, of him in that and also things that he'd said to me when I was a kid growing up. You know, he talked about who, was in the, who were in the death camps and he said, always remember who else was in there alongside Jews, the homosexuals were very much a part of that, um, very much, you know, uh, Romani community, the trade unionists, anyone who was the other. And I saw um, that that feeling was, was in this script too, you know, burying of yourself, hiding of yourself um, for Jordan's character, for his son's character, the, the emergence, you know, the, the, falling what happens when when you actually 
come out of hiding. You know what happens when 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 you emerge. I loved I loved those elements of the script. I was fascinated by them, and um, I was happy to be there to help get it made. Yeah. I spoke with um, Michael Franco a couple of years ago. You guys worked on Chronite together, which yeah. was a, a great yeah. film. Um, do you have any difficulties with with Punch and with Chronic doing these very dark, difficult films? Like, how do you kind of uh, manage those, or do you just kind of go all into it while you're portraying those characters? Yeah, you just dive in. You know, um, Michelle, he he's a very unusual filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Franco, I absolutely love it. We did one called Sundown as well. Um, and we're just getting, we're just starting writing on the, on the, the next one we're going to do, which again is a massive subject, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I have, I'm not one of those Methodist actors, method actors. I have the ability to, uh, to switch off when the day is done. Um, and I think that that I think that that's actually very important for your sort of um, emotional soundness. But um, no, I I found I just respond to the story and not not just the character, but the story as a whole. I mm-hmm. want to see what the what the what the, the what is what is, what does the writer want to say? What is the what is the film as a whole? And then you step back and you go, okay, what's my place in it? And does that, is that intriguing to me? Is that interesting to me? Is that a journey I would like to examine? And uh, so with the films that I do for love, which you've, you know, what punch would be one of them. Chronic was one, mm-hmm. Sundown was another. Um, there are many, I've been very, very, very fortunate with those films I do for love. It's, it's all in. And I'm, if they're difficult emotionally, then you deal with it and then you can step away. Yeah, but I love that. I love going on those journeys. So it sounds like you might advise young actors to do it for the right reasons. Um, but if you were kind of starting today, any other advice you might have for actors trying to to get a first role or maybe get noticed today? Um, that's a difficult one. Um, as I, as as I say, I just fell into it, and and things started happening. I don't know how it is. Uh, today um i don't i wouldn't know how to do that i mean when when i was with jordan when we were on set i would there were things that i would do to make it easier on him because he was so new Mm. um so we would clear like clearing the set get everyone out of here just me and the director and 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 jordan for example okay what's the scene about and just so we could have those discussions privately and gently and play around with things a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, then they would bring the crew, the crew in and I would always you know, say to Jordan, don't worry, don't, worry, don't, don't play for the camera, play for me, right. play for me, keep playing for me. And that was so little, little things like that, because that's stuff that I've experienced over the years. Um, uh, I guess you, it's a te- is a kind of teaching element, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But as far as, how do you start? I don't know. I don't know how you start in this because it's so changed. Mm-hmm. It's so very, very different. Um, I don't know. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the show. So many great lessons on screenwriting there. If you're looking for some more information, though, some more about the craft of writing for television, 
Uh, we have a new chorus called Script Mastermind, where we have 21 of our proven experts telling you how to write for television, how to write a screenplay, how to break in, things like that. Uh, this includes shows of Gordon Levitt, Judd Apatow, also the writers of shows like Handmaid's Tale, Mosquito Coast, Hunters, Solar Opposites, Resident Alien, WandaVision, the list goes on and on. Check that out. Uh, you can get this all right now for $1 at scriptmastermind.com slash television. That is the television screenwriting masterclass. It is at scriptmastermind.com slash television. We'll see you next time with a new episode.